Okay, so we're up to the Mishnah, the beginning of Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph. So the Mishnah says like this, If someone says a neder, they're not going to benefit from anyone that's shoivis on Shabbos, anyone that rests on Saturday. So the halacha is, Aser Yisrael. You're obviously not allowed to benefit from a Jew because we're obligated to keep Shabbos. But also Bekutim, and you're also not allowed to benefit from a Kutim. Now, Kutim, Kutim were a people that converted, they converted under duress. They're called Geri Arroyos. Uh, they were non Jews that uh, Sancheriv brought in and they converted. It's a Shiloh throughout Shas whether Kutim are Jews or not. It's actually interesting. The accepted approach amongst most Tanoim is that they're non Jews. This Mishnah assumes that they're Jewish. And because they're Jewish, they, they also no. So the, yeah, so the Gemara, no, but according to the Gemara, it's going to be clear that they're obligated to keep Shabbos. So because they're obligated to keep Shabbos, they are considered Jews, and you're not allowed to benefit from them. Now there was an old minig in Klal Yisrael. Um, it was a minig that of, 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 a bet, uh, was not like it was a minig from Chazal to eat garlic on Friday. Uh, people didn't get enough uh, for their health. They didn't get enough nutrients and, and vitamins. And garlic helped, especially going into Shabbos. Husband and wives would be together on Shabbos. So it was a minute to eat garlic on Fridays. So the Mishnah says, <laughs> If let's say so, someone says to make a nether, I will not benefit from anyone that eats garlic. Again, because the Kutim and Yisrael uh, kept this halacha, so you're not allowed to benefit from them. If you say, I'm not going to benefit from anyone that goes up to Yishalayim, that's Ayla Regel, so it's also Yisrael, Mutter Kutim. Now it's Mutter and Kutim. Now that's strange, because Kutim have been treated like Jews this entire Mishnah. So just to spoil the Gemara, the Gemara is going to say, it's not enough for someone that keeps it, you have to be obligated and keep it. So it's not just someone, let's say you have a guy who, who rests on Saturdays. He doesn't work on Saturdays. So that means you, 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 you're not allowed to benefit from him? No. Shayv say Shabbos means mitzvah v'oisa. So the halacha was, the kutim, the kutim were mitzvah v'oisa on Shabbos. They were mitzvah on oisa in garlic, but they did not practically oil regal. So because they were not mitzvah v'oisa, we assume that your intention by your neder is to aser someone that's mitzvah and oisa, someone who's obligated and acts that way. So when you said Shav Se Shabbos, the Gemara is going to explain, you don't just mean anyone that rests on Saturday, because there are a lot of people that don't work on Saturday. What you mean is, Shav Se Shabbos means Mitzvah Oisa, anyone who's obligated and acts that way, which is Klal Yisrael. The Gemara says, My Shav Se Shabbos, what does it mean Shav Se Shabbos? Now, I explained that it means Mitzvah Oisa, but the Gemara is going to get there. If it just means anyone that just doesn't work on Saturday, there are goyim that don't work on Saturday, so why are you let a benefit from them? It means anyone that's obligated to keep Shabbos, even if they don't keep it. Now here's the problem. So far, okay, Jews are obligated in Shabbos, Kutim are obligated in Shabbos. Jews are, the minig was to eat garlic, Kutim also, the minig was to eat garlic. Jews are regel, Kutim also. So why are Kutim different? The answer is, it's Metzuvah v'oisa. It's not just Metzuvah, it's not just obligation, it's obligation, and they fulfill said obligation. The Kutim did not fulfill all the obligations. They did not practically be oil regel. So the Gemara says, If you're telling me that the definition of the Mishnah is, anyone who's obligated 
obligated to keep these mitzvahs, you're assering on yourself, then why are the kutim, when you said Eil why are the kutim excluded? They're obligated. The Mishnah's assumption and the Gemara's assumption is that kutim are Jews. That's this opinion of this Mishnah. So if they're Jews and they're obligated, so they're obligated. So why are they, dis- what's the distinction with Eil So the Gemara says, The answer is it's not just people that practically do it, because that, that Goyim are also practically sometimes keep Shabbos. It means they're obligated. But it's not just obligated, it's mitzvah voice. It's obligated and fulfills the obligation. Jews fulfill the obligation. Kutim did not fulfill all the obligations. They did not fulfill the obligation of being oil regal. Biptarity, Bobby Kamais, the first two cases of the Mishnah of Shabbos and garlic, Yisrael the Kutim, mitzvah voicein. The Jews and the Kutim both were obligated and they fulfilled it. By Goyim, while there are some that eat garlic on Fridays, they're not obligated, so they're excluded. When it comes to being Eil Regel, when it comes to Eil Regel, Kutim were Mitzvah, but they didn't do it. So it, they're excluded. The assumption is that when you said it, you meant anyone who's obligated and fulfills said obligation. Oh, so, so I would assume... So I would assume you're talking more about the generalistic people of the Klal Yisrael. And while uh, there are some Chal Shabbos, there are definitely a lot more that are Shemir Shabbos. So Jews as a whole, because I'm sure there's some Kutim that were Eilu Regal. The answer is, we're going more on a generalistic basis. The Kutim as a whole, the majority of Kutim were not Eilu Regal, the majority of Jews were Shemir Shabbos. But uh, it's an interesting point. So the next Mishnah says like this, Kainim Let's say you say, I'm not going to benefit from any Bnei Noyach. So the question is, who are Bnei Noyach? So, says the Mishnah, Jews are not called Bnei Noyach. Goyim are called Bnei Noyach. So if you ask for benefit from Bnei Noyach, you're allowed to benefit from Jews. So the question is, why? Says the Gemara, We come from Noyach too, right? We come from uh, Shem. Shem was from Noyach, so... What's the answer? The answer is Kivan de Ikdish Avram is Gary Alshmei. The answer is this. I, I mentioned this once when I spoke about Shabbos. Uh, uh, the, the song Noyach is a big tzaddik. Big tzaddik. The Avram who come from Avram, we don't come from Noyach. <laughs> meaning, meaning, meaning. Says the Gemara. The Gemara says once Avram was Niskadish, then the connection to Noyach is severed, and we are not called Bnei Noyach. While technically we come genealogically from Bnei Noyach, we are called Bnei Avram Avinu. So when you say I'm asking Bnei Noyach, you are not asking Jews because we're not called Bnei Noyach. Says the next Mishnah. Because actually, these Mishnahis have a lot of agadita, have a lot of like elements to it, but we just don't have time. The Mishnah says Sheini Nena Lezera Avram. So let's say you say I'm not going to benefit from Zera Avram. So you're not allowed to benefit from Jews. But you're allowed to benefit from Arabs. So there's the Mishnah. You're allowed to benefit from Arabs. I, Arabs also come, come from Avram. Yishmael comes from Avram. The answer is no. Avram's genealogy is his yichus goes straight to Yitzchak, and we don't connect Yishmael to Avram. I would read Esav. You want to say, okay, Yitzchak yikar lechazara. So Yitzchak is, is Mamshech the Kedusha Yisrael. But what about Esav? Esav was a twin. So the answer is, be Yitzchak, but I call Yitzchak. The Pasuk says, I'm going to call you, I'm going to continue your name with Yitzchak. Be Yitzchak with, not all of Yitzchak. Meaning Yaakov as opposed to Esav. So you see that Jews are not called, are called Bnei Avram. There's no other people in the world that are called Bnei Avram Avinu. The Gemara continues, the Mishnah continues. Now this next Mishnah to the next Mishnah is regular Gemara. <laughs> so, and then we'll, it'll be nice, I got it to, but let's just, um, we have to actually... Uh, Turn our thinking caps on. Okay. She'ain an enemy Israel. You said, I'm not going to benefit from others. I'm not going to benefit from people, from other Jews. 
So how do you do commerce? How do you do business? You also benefit. So the halacha is, you're allowed to buy from other Jews, you just have to overpay. Right? You're not allowed to benefit from them. So you can't get a deal. You can't even pay for market value. You have to overpay. So you're getting ripped off. That makes sense. And you have to sell, and you have to sell less than the market value. You, that's how you avoid benefiting from other Jews. You get ripped off both ways. You buy high and sell low. Okay. Let's say instead of saying you, they, you're not allowed to benefit from them, you say they're not allowed to benefit from me. So now you're answering everyone from benefiting from you. So how do you do business with them? So the answer is you have to rip them off. So you buy below price, you buy low, and you sell high. I mean, you can never, you're never allowed to, but says the Mishnah, no one's going to do business with you. The Mishnah is telling you practically, nobody's going to do business with you, but you have to rip them off. Meaning, if you're answering benefit from them, you have to rip them off. If you're answering benefit, you can't benefit, if you can't benefit from them, then, then uh, you, have to, you have to get ripped off. If they can't benefit from you, you have to rip them off. Okay. Shane and Elahed, Behain Lee. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's a good limitschus. That's a good limitschus. <laughs> now, let's say you answered both. Let's say you answered both. You can't benefit from them. They can't benefit from you. Then the halacha is like You can't do business with the Jews anymore. Because every time, right, let's say you say, they're answered to me. So they're not allowed to benefit from me. So you have to rip them off. But if you rip them off, that means you're benefiting. So if you, if you make it a two way street, you can't do business with anybody because when somebody gets ripped off, the other party is benefiting. So if you answer it in both ways, then there just is no way to do commerce. Okay. Here's what the Gemara is going to do. It's a strange thing, because the Gemara's conclusion is so what we would think, <laughs> that it's hard to like get in the mindset. You, you, you see when... It's so much you would think? No, no, no. You'll see. You'll see what I mean. When, when we're saying right now is that, let's say, I can't benefit from you, right? That means I can't benefit from you, so I have to rip you off. So I can't, we can't sell an item that's worth $50 for $50. Somebody's got to get ripped off. There's no selling at the market value. Okay. The, the Gemara is going to be discussing the following scenario. Let's introduce the first line of the Gemara. Amr Shmuel. Shmuel says like this. So what this means is like this. Let's say you take a car for a, a, a test drive. Which I thought about. It's a very, it's a strange thing that they trust people with a test drive. So they give you a car to test drive. Now, Shmuel introduces the following concept. Let me give a background. We know that in the laws of Shomrim, there's a Shomer Chinam, a Shomer Sachar, and a Shoel. Okay. What is the Shomer obligated for? Well, it depends on the benefit level. See, if I'm an unpaid watch, I'm getting nothing from this relationship, so I'm obligated in nothing. I'm not obligated if it's stolen. I'm not obligated for honest. I'm obligated for negligence, fine, but I'm not, the least obligation because the least benefit. A renter, it's a mutual partnership. I'm giving you money. You're giving me the item. So we're both benefiting from each other. So I have partial responsibility, partial non-responsibility. I'm not responsible for onus, but I'm responsible for theft. And then the highest responsibility is a borrower because the borrower is purely benefiting. He is, he is benefiting more than the other party, so he is responsible more for the other party. So your responsibility level dictates, your benefit level dictates your responsibility level. So Shmuel introduces the following concept. Shmuel says, who is the, what is the status of a purchaser? So you'll say, when is a purchaser, when is it again? When you buy it, it's yours. Before you buy it, it's not yours. A test drive. Shmuel felt that a test drive 
if the price is set, and I said, listen, this it co- the car costs ten thousand dollars. He's like, let me take it for a test drive. I'll tell you what to decide when I'm done. Shmuel perceives the test drive during the test drive. You're a shimer. That's how Shmuel perceives it. So the question is, what type of shimer? So the question is really, who's benefiting more, the buyer or the seller? If they're mutually benefiting from each other, which is what I think everyone here would assume, I would assume they're both benefiting. I'm getting cash, you're getting an item. That's the Gemara's conclusion, perhaps, but I would assume they're both benefiting. But Shmuel introduces the concept that Shmuel feels anytime you purchase, the purchaser, the buyer, is benefiting more than the seller. So, because he's getting the item as opposed to cash. So, because the buyer is benefiting more, when you're doing a test drive and you're the potential buyer, you're considered a showel and you have the highest responsibility. So if something mishap, there's a mishap during the drive of the test drive, not the test drive, they give you, you give a knife, they say, go home, try it out and come back, whatever. Anytime there's a test drive, Shmuel says, if there's a mishap, the buyer has to pay. Because the buyer is benefiting more than the seller. That's Shmuel Shita. So let's see it inside. Amr Shmuel, Halakech Kliman Uman. If you take an item as a test drive home, Levakrit is tested out. Venenas, and then it becomes destroyed. And Oynas, Chayiv. The buyer is obligated because he's considered a Shimer and he's considered a Shoel because he's benefiting more than the seller. Alma Kesavar, you see from here, Hanas Lekeachi. That the buyer benefits more than the seller. Now here's the problem. Now let's try to input that in our Mishnah. Because in our Mishnah, think about it, right? I said, you're not allowed to benefit from me, right? So how do we do business? So you can't benefit from me, so I have to rip you off. Why? If a buyer benefits more than the seller, so I'm sorry, so I, so I, I should be able to buy from you, right? If I buy from you, I have to buy low. I have to buy low so you don't benefit. You, you can't, I can't buy it at market price. If you're selling that cup of Dunkin' Donuts, I can't pay market price. I have to rip you off. Why? The buyer benefits more than the seller. So by definition, even at market value, I am benefiting more than you. I mean, according to Shmuel, every buyer is benefiting more than the seller. So now you have the problem in our Mishnah is, our Mishnah implies that it's not that the buyer makes... The problem with our Mishnah is very simple. Our Mishnah implies, if I were to ask you from our Mishnah, who's benefiting more, the Mishnah implies nobody. It's money. According to the Mishnah, you know who's benefiting more? Whoever is getting, not getting ripped off. From our Mishnah, if I say, my father, you, dad, you can't, you, you're also from me. I can't, can't benefit from you. So can I buy it from you, uh, market value? No, I have, to, I have to rip you off. Can I sell it to you, market value? No, you have to rip me off. Why? It's, it's clear from the Mishnah, not like Shmuel, because the Mishnah's implication is that when it's 50-50, they're both benefiting from each other. But according to Shmuel, the buyer is benefiting more than the seller. So you don't, in many of the cases of the Mishnah, you shouldn't have to rip the guy off. You should be able to just buy it outright. And as long as the buyer is the one who's benefiting, in cases of the Mishnah, that should be fine. You have to input it. That's what we're going to do now. But that's the problem. According to Shmuel, he says that the buyer outweighs, the buyer benefits more than the seller. And the problem is our Mishnah definitely doesn't seem like that. Because our Mishnah more seems like who's outweighing, it's just a matter of who's paying more, who's paying less. From our Mishnah, it's not that the buyer is benefiting more than the seller, it's not the seller is benefiting more than the buyer. It's whoever's getting ripped off. It's a, it's a money thing. Everyone's equal until somebody's getting ripped off. Not like Shmuel. That's the basic problem to the end of the Amr. The Mishnah says, Tanan, it says in the Mishnah, She'eni enemy Yisrael, if I say that I'm not allowed to benefit from others, 
So, moicher bepachas, I have to sell it to them less than market value. Avol shavu b'shavaloi, I can't sell it to them 50-50. Why? Because I'm not allowed to benefit from them. But wait, I thought of 50-50, I thought the buyer benefits more than the seller. I'm the seller. Right? I said, I'm not allowed to benefit from bread. So if I want to sell you something, I have to sell it to you under market value. I can't sell it for 50 50 because then I'm benefiting. Why? Even if I sell 50 50, Brad's benefiting more than I am because he's the buyer. So you, you see are, that. You're still benefiting. So, but, but I, that's, that's, that's the problem. The problem is, like, I definitely see it as a benefit. The Gemara looks at it as the benefit, like, we, we sort of focus the benefit one way. So the Gemara is saying that according to Shmuel, you should be able to sell it at market value. Because if the buyer is always benefiting, not the seller, and the seller doesn't want to part with the item, he just needs the cash. Uh, that, is that really what Shmuel holds? Yeah. Shmuel holds is no benefit at all. It's it, it definitely, it's definitely perceived that way. Yeah. So, so again, the Gemara is going to amend it later on, but but that's the problem. So the Gemara is saying that it, the Mishnah, in the case where where I'm not allowed to benefit from you, why can't I sell it to you at, at market value? Because the buyer makes more benefit than the seller. You're the buyer. So what's the problem? Why do you have to rip me off? We should be able to go market value. Why? If the buyer always outweighs the seller, then why in the mission do I have to get ripped off? I should be able to sell it at market value. So the answer is, the buyer doesn't always outweigh the seller. Even Shmuel would agree that there's, there are certain items, let's say there's incredibly low demand and a high quantity. I have a thousand of these items I can't get rid of. Even Shmuel would agree in such a case. Shmuel definitely generally agrees the buyer benefits, unless it's an item that has almost no demand. You got some sucker to buy that from you. In that case, even Shmuel agrees that the seller is benefiting more than the buyer. So the case of the Mishnah, which implies that the seller benefits more than the buyer, is talking about a case of low demand. So the Gemara says, We're talking about a case where there's incredibly low demand. So normally, the buyer outweighs the seller, but this is a case where there's incredibly low demand. So that's why the seller benefits more than the buyer. Here's the problem. The problem is, if the se- so you're telling me, okay, so Shmuel started off by saying that the buyer, buyer depends more than the seller. Buyer benefits more than the seller. The problem is our Mishnah implies that the, it's equal. So he's like, okay, fine. The Mishnah is talking about where it's low demand. So the seller benefits more than the buyer. The problem is, it doesn't explain the Mishnah Vaiter, because the end of the Mishnah implies Vaiter that it's 50 50. So the Gemara says, okay, so you're telling me that the seller benefits more than the buyer. Fine. So the sell, seller benefits more than the buyer. Fine. Because it's low demand. So the Gemara says, Imkain Emeresha. Then go to the beginning of the Mishnah. Loikeach Beyoiser. Right, in the beginning of the Mishnah, I said, I'm not allowed to benefit from bread. So what's the halacha? If I'm buying something from him, I have to get ripped off. I can't buy 50-50. But why? If that case, if you're telling me that it's a case of low demand and the seller is benefiting more than the buyer, I should be able to pay market value because Brad is benefiting more than me. Again, I asked I can't benefit from him. So says the Mishnah, if you want to buy something from him, you got to get ripped off. Why? If you're telling me the case of the Mishnah is where it's low demand, so the seller benefits more than the buyer, then I should be able to buy it at market value. You're still getting, you're still getting benefit, though. Th- that's the, the Gemara is assuming that when Shmuel said benefit, he meant exclusive benefit or benefit that's significant. So you're telling me that in the Mishnah, we're talking about a case where it's low demand, so the benefit is to the seller. Then why in the beginning of the Mishnah do I have to get ripped off? I should be able to buy it at market value, and he's benefiting more than me because it's low demand. 
The Oid, another case, a Masefa. Go to the end of the Mishnah. If I say no one can benefit from me, so I have to buy it for them under market value. I have to rip them off. And I have to sell it to them above market value. I have to rip them off in the sale as well. And if we're talking about a case where it's uh, low demand and the seller is benefiting, why can't I sell it at market value? Again, the end of the Mishnah says that I say no one at that table can benefit from me. You're all also to benefit from me. So if I want to sell you something, I have to rip you guys off. Why? If we're talking about low demand, and I'm benefiting more than you guys, I should be able to sell at a market value. So the answer is, okay, the Mishnah is talking about a case where it's not low demand, it's high demand. And the buyer is benefiting. Then it still doesn't make sense. Meaning, it's, it's not working. So the Gemara says, go to the next page. The answer is very simple. And that is, we start off by saying that Shmuel holds that the buyer benefits more than the seller. And the mission doesn't apply that way. What does the mission imply? Well, we would all assume, which is, who benefits? Both. The answer is, the mission is talking about a case where the demand is not high, it's not low, it's average. Average demand, both are benefiting. Shmuel, when he said that the buyer benefits, he was talking about a case where it's low demand, where it's a hot item that no one can get their hands on. You can't get your hands on it, then the buyer is getting the more benefit than the seller. But in the standard scenario, the standard operating business, the Allah is both are benefiting from each other. Okay, let's just finish up. By the way, once I get to the mission, it'll take two minutes. Um, Shmuel Shita was that when you take an item for a spin, you're considered the borrower, and you're considered a shoimer. And what type of shoimer? A shoyel, because the buyer benefits more than the seller, so if there's any onus, it's on the person taking out the item for the spin. So the, mish, the Gemara says, Tanya kavasa de Shmuel. We have a Bryce that backs that up. What did, what did the Bryce say? I think, you'll, uh, I think someone here will appreciate this. Halakech kelim min hatagor. L'shag in the base You have a gift that you want to get for your father-in-law. You think it's a nice papa. So you have a nice gift for your father-in-law, but you send it to him. But you know there's a chance that he may not accept the gift. He might reject it and send it back. So here's what you do. You tell the guy, listen, you go to the store, you say, listen, I don't want to pay for it now because... Uh-huh. 100%. So I, 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 I don't want to buy the gift and then send it to my father-in-law because he might reject it. So here's my deal. I'm going to take it from you. I'm going to borrow it. I'm going to send it to my father-in-law. And here's the halacha. If he accepts it, I'll pay full price. If he returns to sender, then here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to pay full price. I'm not keeping the item. But I will pay. There is a certain amount of benefit that I have. And it's hard to quantify in, in monetary value. You'll have to figure that out. But there's a benefit that you tried. People do like, they feel like, oh, he, he tried to get me a gift even though I didn't want it. There's some iota of benefit. I'll pay for that benefit. So let's say the item costs 100 bucks, I'll give you 10 bucks for the, the hassle and for the benefit that I got that my father-in-law thinks I tried. Okay. Huh? So it's not like borrowing, it's like renting it. Correct. Oh, so, so what's the halacha? What happens if it gets damaged? So says the mish, says the b'risa, Nensu, let's say it gets damaged. Bahalicha, if it gets damaged on the way, see, when you're sending it to him, that's like a test spin. You're sending it to your father-in-law for a test spin to see what happens. If it gets damaged on the way, chayiv. Even in Oynes, you're chayiv. Why? Because it backs up Shmuel, that the buyer is considered 
benefiting more than the seller. See, he's like a showel. So if it gets damaged on the way there because it's like a test spin, you're higher for onsen. Because I thought he said ahead of time he was going to pay for it. If it didn't take it, he was going to pay for it. True, but it got destroyed on the way, so there's no way to know what happened. Meaning, on the way to your father-in-law, it gets uh, gets destroyed at, completely out of your hand. A missile strike blows the thing up. So the halacha is, on the way there, we look at it as a test spin. So you're like, it's like Shmuel Shita, which is that you're treated like a shayel. Because you're benefiting more than the... Because conceptually, if you were to buy it, you'd be benefiting more than the seller. So we treat it as a shayel, and then you have to pay for own sin. But chazara, but on the way back, where you've already decided you're not going to buy it, then you're a shomer sachar, because it's a mutual benefit. I benefited that I tried. You benefited that I'm going to pay you a little bit for your trouble. That's considered a shomer sachar, a sachar, a renter, a shomer sachar, whatever. And that category does not have to pay for own sin. So if an onus happens on the way back, you don't have to pay. So this is like, okay, like Shmuel. One more Maisa um, that seems to say not like this. We said right now that if it gets damaged, it depends when. On the way to the father-in-law, you're obligated to pay. On the way back, you're not obligated. So the Gemara says, Ahu Safsira, there was a certain Safsira. How do they change it? Mishal Kech Behem Amenasa. I said, what is it called? Consignment. Consignment guy. So he takes a donkey, Lizvune, and he says, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sell it. So again, he's perceived as... He's sort of buying it from the wholesaler and selling it to others. So we sort of, he's like taking it for a testament. He takes this donkey, Veloy Isman, he goes to the market, couldn't sell it. So he's on his way back to give it back to the wholesaler. Bahadi Isnis, on the way back, an onus happens. So what would you say on the way back? We said on the way back, you don't have to pay. But, Chayve Rav Nachman Lashlumi, Rav Nachman said you have to pay. The way back, he had to pay. So the commercial says, no commitment for, to, to pay him in the event that, he, that if he sells it, he sells it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. There was no commitment to pay him. And he True. So then, the so, so you say, he's, you, not a show, he's not a shomer or a soccer. He's not a rent. He's not what a is it? I don't know. He's still a, the same status before. He should be high. Oh, so, so uh, that's the Gemara's conclusion. But the, but the Gemara the Gemara is saying like this. You go to, you, you, you have a donkey store. I... You have a donkey store. I'm the consignment guy. I'm taking it. I'm saying I'm going to the market. I'm going to try to sell it. If I sell it, I'll pay you. If not, I'm going to bring it back. I go to the market, and then on the way back, I'm, I couldn't sell it. On the way back, a missile strike blows up the whole thing. It says Rav Nachman, you have to pay. So the commercial said, "Wait a minute. I thought on the way back you don't have to pay because on the way back, it's over." So Eitzvei Rav Rav Nachman Nensu Balicha Chayev Chazara Potter. The answer is what Brad mentioned. Amrlei Chazara De Safsira Hilachahi Di Lemishkach Luzvuni Afilu Baba De Beisi Milam Asben Lei. The answer is when when it comes to a gift on the way back, it's different than the way there because the transaction is over. Over here, I'm a salesman. What was it? Always be selling, right? You're always selling. So yes, I, I meant to sell it in the market. If let's say on the way back, someone comes up and he's like, hey, is that for sale? Would you sell it? Of course you'd sell it. There is no distinction when you're a salesman in what direction you're going because you're always trying to sell. So as long as you're trying to sell, you're a show So even though, yes, you tried to sell officially at the market, but on the way back, it's the same thing. You're always trying to sell. If you're always trying to sell, you're, then you're always a shayel. Uh, just to finish up the daf, we're now going to start a gadita about the importance of uh, brismila. Um, I'll, I'll just read this mishnah. Rav Tzadik, by the way, uses this mishnah as like a whole thing to talk about kedushas Yisrael and how Jewish people is inherent holiness and and uh, and the mitzvah that symbolizes that inherent holiness is brismila. It's, it's fascinating. It's everywhere. I mean that honestly. It's it's in Kimat every piece, but it's in Divrei Seifrim and in uh, um, uh, in in in, in It's in a lot of his farm. The Mishnah says like this: 
I say I'm not allowed to benefit from anyone who's an oral uncircumcised. The halach is mutter ba'arle Yisrael. You're allowed to benefit from a Jew that's uncircumcised because even a Jew that's uncircumcised is not considered uncircumcised. Meaning, while he's halachically uncircumcised, he's not called an oral. This is a Rabbi says that even a Jew who doesn't have a bismillah, the kedushas Yisrael, he still has. Okay, but But you're not allowed to benefit from a guy who had a bismillah. Meaning, even if a guy circumcised himself, he's still called uncircumcised because in in an oral they are, uh, they're not gemalot. And a Jew who's who's not brismila is still called a brismila. Says the Mishnah Vayter. Let's say the opposite. You say I'm not going to benefit anyone who's circumcised. Also, barely Israel, you're not going to benefit from a Jew even if he's uncircumcised because he's considered circumcised. Umuter b'mayli avikachavim, and you're allowed to benefit from a guy who's circumcised. Shein arla kriyal shein avikachavim, because the ter- term arla is not just for skin. It's considered for the person. Goyim are called Arelim, whether they're circumcised or not. Jews are called Gemalit, whether we're circumcised or not. Shenemar, Kichola Goyim Arelim. The Pazi says, all Goyim Arelim. Bechol Beis Yisrael Arle Lev. Vahimir Vahia Plishti Arle Azeb. Again, it calls it a Plishti in Arle. Vahimir Pentis Machainu Benais Plishti Mintaluzna Benois Arelim. That they made us live with Arelim. Again, Arelim Vaiter. It's called, the Goyim are called Arelim. The Arla, the, the foreskin is disgusting. You know how disgusting in the eyes of Hashem? That's how we're called Rishayim. We're calling Rishayim Arelim. That obviously shows that Arelim is considered a very, very low tummy thing. Rabbi Shmuel says, You want to know how great a bris is? They have the word bris 13 times. That covenant is found 13 times regarding a bris mila. Another source of how bris mila is so great it's Teich Shabbos, right? You bring, you do bris mila eighth day, even Shabbos. If it's Teich Shabbos, that means it outweighs Shabbos. That's how holy it is. This is what the Gemara is going to talk about. You know how great bris mila is. Moshe Hatzadik, which is an interesting time. Moshe, Moshe Hatzadik, the great Moshe Rabbeinu was punished on his level for postponing a bris milah for even a short amount of time. What we're going to see very quickly is when Moshe Rabbeinu had a child in, in Midian, Hashem said, before the bris, Hashem said, go back to Egypt. So the, he wasn't sure what to do because the Gemara is going to say he wasn't sure what to do because if you have the bris milah, you can't travel with the baby. The baby might die. You can't, you can't just travel after bris milah. If he, if, he, if he has the bris milah and then waits three days for the baby to get better, then travels, Hashem said, go. So what he decided is, uh, outweighs Brismila, he should go. And that was the right thing to do. But the Pasuk tells him, the Medrash continues, that when he got to the outskirts of Egypt and he was able to do a Brismila, he, he took care of the, he got a hotel room first. He should have done the Brismila before getting the hotel room. And that moment that he booked the hotel room, however long it takes, he was attacked by a large snake and it almost killed him. Whatever it is, the Gemara is going to talk, it's tomorrow's off. So the point is, you see Moshe Rabbeinu, the Moshe Rabbeinu has a tain against him for postponing the mitzvah of Brismila for, for you're talking about minutes. Reb Nechemi says, you know how great Brismila is? It's Daicha Neg, it's Daicha Tsaras, right? If there's a Tsaras on the Makamila, you cut off the Tsaras, even though there's an Isser of cutting off Tsaras. I'll prove you how great Brismila is. Avram Avinu, who kept Kola he was not considered Sholem until he had Brismila. Once you have the Brismila, then you're Tamim, then you're complete. Isn't the. Yeah, but it shows you that it's tuma, meaning it shows you the kedusha of brismila outweighs the tuma of tzaras. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is the makar of say the which is the sugya in. But when, what are you answering? What are you saying? I'm saying that it's a it's a symbol. Tzaras is always the symbol of tuma. 
So you're saying the Kedusha of Bris Mila outweighs the Tumah. Well, it is also the symbol of Asi the Chalaisa. Dabracher, Gedoyla Mila, it's Ivama stuff. Gimel, Bez, Dalit, hey, something. Gedoyla Mila, Shel Molehi, Lebraka, Deshbaruch, Hosei Lamai. That Brismila, if not for Brismila, Hashem wouldn't have created the world. If not for the Brismila, I would not have created the world. Let's start the Gemara. We'll finish up. Tanya, Rav Yeshua ben Karcha Oimer, Gedai Lamila Shekolzchus, Asamayshabenu, Leomdalikishin, Asashim and Emila. Mayshabenu, who was Mamish Mayshabenu, all his chusim did not protect him when he had the Brismila. He was going to be killed. And we know that his wife quickly cut off the foreskin to protect him. He would not have had all the protections. Did not protect him. All the mitzvahs did not protect him from postponing the bris mila. Shenemar, what happened? Sheviv ku Hashem vivak Hashem iso that he was attacked at that place outside of uh, outside of Egypt. Amar Rebbe, Chas Hashem Shemayshar ben Nisra Hashem ben Again, when you read the mission, it sounds like Moshe ben just postponed his son's bris mila. What's the deal? It says Chas Hashem. Kach Amar. This is what he said. Again, he just had a baby. Hashem says go to Egypt. So Em of Eid say Sakonhi. If I do the bris mila on the eighth day and then take the baby out, the problem is the baby might die from the travel. Because you see that it takes three days to properly re- recover. Okay. I'll do the I'll wait three days, then, then travel. Hashem told me to go. So what was the Taina? So he went before the Brismila. So what's the Taina? That was the Ratz and Hashem. Go to the next page. The answer is that he booked a hotel first. He should have done the Brismila the second he got to a place where the baby would be healthy. He should have done the Brismila. The fact that he was Masasik getting the Mon, that was the Taina. The Taina was that he booked the hotel room. So you see the postponing of a few minutes. That was a big Taina of It shows you the Kedusha of Brismila. I will stop here. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Enjoy. Recording stopped.